Sometimes you get lucky and your game is an instant hit without investing in growth. For everyone else, there's IronSource. IronSource is a game tech company which builds technologies that helps you guys take your games to the next level. The company is developing the leading growth engine for mobile games, offering a robust monetization management platform and data-driven user acquisition platform. What sets IronSource apart is their ability to close the monetization and marketing loop to help developers supercharge growth in a super efficient way. So whether you're looking to drive revenue or to scale your audience smartly and ROI positively, IronSource is a perfect partner for you. We here at Deconstructor Fund are giant fans of IronSource because it's truly a growth platform that a developer of all sizes can leverage. So we suggest that you head on to ironsource.com, that's ironsrc.com, and check out the platform for yourself. Thanks. Folks, most mobile advertisers are increasingly aware of the dangers of app install fraud. In fact, global financial exposure to app install fraud in the first half of 2020 was 1.6 billion. And even though the mobile ad industry has grown exponentially to defend itself properly against ad fraud, the potential amount of damage is still extremely high and fraudsters will always want a piece of that pie. Now, fraud methods are constantly evolving and adapting to solutions in the market. Still, staying protected and applying sophisticated anti-fraud solutions are very much a necessity for all marketers. As you all know, our good partner AppSlyer offers super robust fraud protection, making sure you're not paying for that bogus traffic. AppSlyer is also perhaps the best attribution platform on mobile, a true foundation for your marketing tech stack, giving you all the tools to drive that marketing success. And listen, it's not only us at here at Deconstructor of Fun raving about AppSlyer. Playrix, Tencent, Playtica, Square Enix, Huge Games, all of these companies and many more are using AppSlyer to boost their business. So, Go to appsflyer.com and get yourself attribution and fraud protection you can trust. What's up? What's up? What's up? Twig103. We've got myself, Joe Kim, Eric Kress, and we kicked Adam off the podcast. No, actually we didn't, but Adam is not here. He's doing other stuff, but in his place, in Amishka's place, we have Kenny Liu and Josh Burns. What's up, guys? Hey, hey, hey. Good morning, everyone. Morning. They're off. Those guys are off getting free health care in their, uh, their countries, left with the Americans here. Dude, stranger danger. There's too many strangers on the podcast. Yeah. But today we will be talking about, first, U.S. gaming platform Roblox prepares to go public by CNBC. Second, Cyberpunk 2077 publisher orders six-day weeks ahead of launch demand indicators. Next, we'll be talking about App Store antitrust rebellion, just an update in terms of both Apple and Google in terms of the App Store stuff going on. And we will close with Among Us drives record Discord installs. And I recently saw that graph and it's just freaking crazy. Like it's just like a vertical line up. Autistic, <laughs> so, man. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So, well, I'll go ahead and start with updates then. So first of all, there are some pretty cool games out now, two in fact that I played over the weekend. First is Star Wars Squadrons, which I was positively surprised. I thought that it would not be that good, but I actually thought it was quite good. I'm only a couple hours in still, but from everything that I've seen, I have been pretty impressed. And the biggest story I think is Genshin Impact. My kids were just playing this the whole weekend. 
I think this speaks to the potential for the Chinese HD gaming market between this and Black Myth Wukong, but definitely very impressed by that game as well. Wait, let's quickly, let's go back to Squadrons one second. Is it sure. like X-Wing versus TIE Fighter hard? Like all those games, like super, super hard, right? Um, for people like, at, least, like the, at least where I am right now, playing in normal mode is fine. It's not that hard. But I, maybe I just didn't get to the hard parts yet. And second update for me is that Reuters is reporting that U.S. House's antitrust report hints at breakup of big tech firms. So the Republican Congressman Ken Buck said the House of Representatives' antitrust report contains a, quote, thinly veiled call to break up big tech firms, including Amazon, Facebook, Google, and Apple. So for all the folks who didn't think Epic has a chance, well, according to this, they, they might have a chance. And I'm sure Josh will go into that later. But any updates from you guys now? I have a couple of things. Uh, so one, I saw the article about Rocket League uh, passing one million concurrent players. Uh, so this is a five-year-old game. Um, so it's I don't know, pretty exciting to me. I mean, obviously, they have a lot of juice uh, behind it being you know, acquired by Epic. Um, and they, I think it is some cross promo with the Epic store. Um, but to me, that's pretty exciting. I saw my kid playing it. Like, uh, she was playing GTA for a while and then now they're playing rocket league. Um, did they fix the monetization or is it still pretty low? Yeah, I don't know. I, I saw an article that says they're launching battle pass. Mm. Um, so, you know, not surprising. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's only one day after the switch. They hit a million, so we'll see what happens if that sustains or keeps going up. Or, but uh, I don't know. I won't be surprised if we see more sort of guys try and switch uh, switch their games over. If we had Adam, he'd probably give us a list of some games that might <coughs> see some additional benefit or similar benefits. Uh, what else? Oh yeah, so I don't know. I know a few of us worked in uh, the social gaming realm, so I had to throw down uh, the Farmville being deprecated finally on facebook uh, <laughs> end of an era man i know that's where I it know. all began free to play right that's where they all everyone got their chops well that's always they always say that was the beginning right but I, yeah i guess beginning so, of the end right beginning of yeah crappy so, free to play mechanics it was a, you, the end of the beginning <laughs> yeah I, I guess flash is being deprecated at the end of the year so the game's uh going offline but yeah i mean remember this game reached 20 percent of everyone on facebook at one point um so uh but yeah if you look at the i was actually looking at the zynga earnings now and it's you no four percent is not mobile revenue so i guess that's maybe farmville and some other stuff probably a social casino but uh you know it's six million dollars a month or something so it's as eric would eric you say mice nuts in terms of uh in terms of revenue but uh i actually went on facebook because i used to work in this area and you know it's just all social casino games now um but uh yeah anyway uh then the last updates was for call of duty mobile um i don't know you got you got eric you had the bet with adam on the revenue did you already win that oh i got destroyed no 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 i said 200 million net and so they basically i think they hit 340 so I mean, yeah, we were well, really this is, wrong. Yeah, this said 480 in the first year. That's a, that's a gross number, or at least that's not what Sensor Tower has. So I don't know exactly what that is. It feels this, like a gross number. No, this, I think this 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 was from Sensor Tower. I think. 
I mean, that's not what Sensor Tower has. So, no, you need to get your money back from your subscription. No, no, we we <laughs> lost. Like we were. I, I I've talked about this in the podcast before. We were actually right. I I was feeling right for a while, but then COVID hit, and they fix they fix monetization, or they they figured out something because it was going down, 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 just like a shark fin, and then uh, it just sprouted right right back up, and so. Uh, yeah, we, we we had a mea culpa already on this one. <laughs> yeah, so it says 480 million in first year, off 270 million downloads. Uh, and then the other, I think, interesting update, which is surprising to me, uh, is that uh, so the game is ready for launch in China, uh, which is surprising to me considering the theme. Obviously, it's like very violent. Um, they had a little trailer for it for the Chinese version. It looks like maybe they shoot like lasers instead of bullets or something i don't know but obviously that will be mod has to be modified <laughs> no uh, it's paintball what are you talking about josh it's all <laughs> so it as platoon so we'll see what happens but it says they have 50 million pre-registrations uh and the final test is this month so uh you know that could boost revenue another i don't know 20 30 percent potentially but oh, it could be, yeah that could be huge yeah but obviously we have you know it's 10 cent Tencent already has uh, Game of Peace, which is like the you know the local version, uh, PUBG. So I don't know. It's Tencent though; they don't really care who who wins as long as they win. So if this you know can be more monetized better, I don't know. I'm a little skeptical, bit uh, based on the sort of other stuff in the market, but we'll see uh, see how that goes very soon. Yeah, we should probably bring somebody on the podcast who's deep in terms of the monetization in the shooter games and can speak to, you know, what happened in Call of Duty, whether it was just COVID or whether it was specific things that they did to the monetization. So if you're out there and you know, <laughs> let me know. We'll bring you on. and be. Good. I have a guy in mind. Maybe I'll reach out yeah. to him. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I mean, it's $2, just under $2 a download. So it's not very you know, very high, but it might have just... I mean, that's the irony. I think we were actually really accurate in terms of how much they did for download. I think just the download scaled a lot that longer, a lot larger than we expected, right? I think I think we were going to do this with uh, Adam. I think he had a buck 25, which is buck 25 net is the same as buck 75 gross. Um, so anyway, it's just, uh, just kept on, kept on keeping on, right? I actually talked to the TV guys uh, about this. Um, and it was just like, I think Joseph, you said it right. It's like they just build games and make a ton of people come and stay and then fix the value, fix the monetization later, right? It's just exactly what they did, right? Exactly what you said, you know? All right. Should we roll into the news? Sure. All right. We're rolling. So first, U.S. gaming platform Roblox prepares to go public. So CNBC has reported that Roblox is preparing for a U.S. stock market listing that could come early next year, and there is some speculation that the company is weighing between a traditional IPO process versus a direct listing. And this last bit is more likely not very relevant to you if you're just a normal per person working in the games industry, but if you are a Silicon Valley douchebag, then most likely you've had these conversations with other Silicon Valley douchebags about the whole traditional IPO versus direct listing versus SPAC versus whatever and written your own Medium blog post about this. But anyway, uh, moving on. So Roblox was most recently valued at $4 billion. But, quote, people familiar with the matter, according to CNBC, are suggesting the valuation could likely double 
to $8 billion for the IPO. So its last funding round was for $150 million at that $4 billion valuation led by Andreessen Horowitz. And Roblox's IPO would follow Unity, which went public last month and whose share price has already increased by more than 60%. So definitely Unity doing well, great for the games industry, and uh, definitely kind of speaks to what the potential for a Roblox IPO. Okay, first be. of all, if Unity is worth 20, like I think it's at 22 <laughs> billion, dude, freaking Roblox is worth a gazillion, you know, like there's no number, right? It's insane. Infinity. Yeah, it's like basically infinity and beyond, dude. It's nuts. This like uh, this unit thing is gonna crash. Like, there's no way they're worth that much money. But I will say this. I mean, not not that we're talking about Unity right now, but the biggest thing with Unity is just gonna be ads, right? I do think that they have a lot of potential adjacent markets and additional products that they can go into. But like a few people have told me that the ad revenue collapse is going to be a lot more significant than people think. And I, I, I can share some confidential numbers. No, but my, my whole point is that even <laughs> if they are growing ad revenue, that's not what is generating these multiples of, of, of revenue. The only way they can justify this type of multiple is if they can grow subscription revenue for their service, for their, uh, for their platform. And so that's other, what about other vertical It's other verticals. I yeah. But yeah. Other verticals, right. Other verticals are growing within the games business and both of which seem almost impossible to grow at the levels that justify a hundred, I don't know what the revenue multiple is right now, but like it's, a, it's an insane level right now. Um, and so, I don't know, it's it's just crazy frothy out there. But Did they share any any numbers in the S1 around other verticals and revenue? Probably not. Well, what they did was they obfuscated ad revenue within uh, one of their line items. So you don't really know what additional revenue they're generating per customer that's not attributed to advertising. And so it was all done very intentionally to make it seem like they were growing their business for, from, from their existing user base. But most, if most of it was advertising, that wouldn't get the same multiple as if it was actual like uh, subscription. Well, I just meant like other verticals for the subscription, like architecture, like animation, like that stuff. Yeah, because because none of those verticals are going to use Unity, right? They already have tools that they're using, and Unity is overkill for most other things. Like I've been talking about this ad nauseum for like months. <laughs> I know <laughs> they're strong opinions from Eric. <laughs> we are talking about. I like, talk to a shit ton of people. This is not just me. I don't know shit about Unity, but I talked to like a, a dozen people that use Unity or that are familiar with their business, and all of them say the same thing: is that it, this is like a a, a uh, they're on a razor's edge, man. And they sold it really well to the public, which to the to investors. But man, they they got a lot of they got a lot of performance to do, and I, I think within two quarters, like they're not going to be able to hit the expectations that they have set. Um, from the roadshow, right. and the stock is going to get freaking, this is going to collapse. Like, but I mean, I could be wrong, right? All right so I we, was, we I was wrong about Call of Duty. We should have a debate with pros and cons of Dude, your your podcast. Those guys all were negative. Like, uh, if you did, you listen to them. Like, they like uh, they basically articulated the negative thesis like pretty succinctly. I thought. I thought they didn't go far enough. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, uh, we, we but should always try and hear both sides though. And I do think there are some opportunities that people aren't seeing that unity could potentially take advantage of now, whether that 
offsets the ad decline uh, a little dicey but we'll see <laughs> yeah and if, if all, their, all their growth is predicated on ads and then idfa <laughs> comes in and fucking cuts that shit in half right they're doomed man they're doomed so coming back to roblox i will say that they have been showing tremendous growth and over the past three years we've seen about 88 percent CAGR growth in terms of revenue i think the big hugest bump though came from this past year there are some winners and losers with coronavirus. Roblox was a huge winner. And it's, you know, some of their revenue and, and downloads are starting to come down now post coronavirus, but uh, definitely very impressive company. Eric, what's your take on Roblox? So I was a little bit surprised here. And I, I, I don't know if this actually has been verified, but I kind of always felt that they were pretty happy being private and profitable, but uh, I, I may be wrong, right? They don't have, as far as I understand it, they don't have a lot of venture capital investors that are pushing them. And Dreesen did this last round, but that they don't have any control over the company. They were just basically, I think, probably cashing out shareholders um, because these guys are profitable and they're doing really, really well. Um, the CEO, I, I've met him once uh, and, and heard really good things about him in general. And he's like a a visionary and an entrepreneur. I'm not sure if he really wants to be CEO of a publicly traded company. It's a pain in the fucking ass, you know? Like, it's not fun to have to go quarter in, quarter out, talk to investors about growth and profitability, et cetera. It's, it's freaking horrid, right? Um, and, you know, the reporting requirements, all the, and all the infrastructure that you need in order to support a public company is just, it's just not fun. Um, but, then again, cash talks. There's a lot of yeah. you know people within the company that've been there a long time that want to you know make their gazillions, right? And buy. I don't buy. think it's so much cashing people. I, I think it's that one. It's like a the a really fantastic time. I mean, if you're gonna go public, oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Okay, all right, and and, and product, my shit. product from a product perspective, I, it's clear that Roblox is starting to shift now and think more metaverse rather than just the kind of creator platform stuff. Right. Okay. So, yeah. So that's the flip side. So this, an IPO would give them super visibility in the marketplace. It would basically, they could do an insane round and have enough money to last them for the next decade. Mm -hmm. Right. In theory. Um, but it seems unnecessary, right. Frankly, to, to go where they want to go, because I think they're doing quite well, but it's fantastic for the industry. It's and on a selfish basis. I love to have more companies to cover for investors and, and for unlike unity, I would own this one. Like I, this one, I believe in, I believe where he's going and, and, and it's a real business, right. That, that is, is, is profitable now and is, is scaling profitably, which I think is, was awesome. So do we think this is a move to try and get someone to buy them at some price in between the the four and the six or, or four and the eight? No, I, I think it's the no. opposite. I, I think they're probably trying to gear up to do some acquisitions later. I think they're fiercely independent. I don't think they want to be part of anything else. I, I, I mean, they've been around forever. It's been like a slow burn. I'm just surprised that, but I guess the climate is potentially too attractive to yeah, and I, and I think that's where that's where uh, Joseph is totally right. It's like valuations are so freaking insane right now. Like you, you, you probably will not see another time that that it is is this uh, amazing. So yeah, I mean, until we hit COVID twenty and then COVID twenty one and then COVID twenty two. I mean, I don't know. My perspective is like, it, you know, 
I think it's what, like 50% of kids use are using this thing already. I mean, I, obviously there's still a lot of potentially growth there, but that's, uh, I, I worry about saturation. And I think you talked about the metaverse and diversification and, you know, there's some articles about how they're have like a music deal with like different performers to like come on the platform to perform and this kind of stuff. So they're obviously very sophisticated. Uh, there was actually an article I was going to put in here that was from Eric the Oracle of mobile, you know, he's saying that <laughs> Roblox is the next big advertising platform, right? It's Ugh. like, <laughs> but, but I mean, look, I, I couldn't I, even read that article. I'm actually, I'm really pissed off at Eric with bright and shit like that, dude. Enough of the advertising. I, I don't no, honestly, but, that is something I don't think he would ever do. I would hope not anyway. No, no, no. But it's advertising the, the content that people build, right? It's like Facebook, you know, 2.0, right? Where you, acquire users for your Roblox mode and then you monetize them and then you can advertise uh, to then acquire more traffic, right? So- oh, 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 I see. Oh, so they're a buyer of advertising. Did you read the- Eric, or, I Obviously, I read the headline Eric, I'm like, I'm not read reading this. I can't read anything more about advertising. I'm so sick of fucking talking about advertising, IDFA, fucking bullshit. No, advertising no. sucks in mobile and it sucks in fucking interactive. I'm tired of it, dude. Tired of no, this is this is like you build content and you can like acquire people on the platform. It's fully on the platform. So, I mean, I think there are like attractive things here to kind of continue to grow. But I don't know. My concern is like, or this could be like a great opportunity because uh, you have like, you know, you're in a position of power. You know, you're like this amazing platform that all the sort of kids are using. But then the you know the downsize is like, you know, just, are kids going to age out of this? Like the experiences are pretty like low fidelity. You know, are they going to want to, if you can't offer content that's like stuff off the platform, are you going to be able to retain, you know, and continue to grow? Because you need to, I think, re keep retaining these players as they get older. So, I don't know. To me... Yeah, that's that's kind of like what I see is the biggest kind of problem with their strategy is that, honestly, their art style, I don't think is compelling beyond a certain very like narrow age band, you know, when, you know... I guess kids have a lot more creativity. They can embed a lot of more, more creative, um, I guess, like, you know, thoughts onto the actual very simple art. And so in my, from my perspective, I feel like the, the people that play Roblox, they just age out and they go into Fortnite or Minecraft or something else. Um, so uh, I'm not sure. That's the current product, right? I mean, they yeah. have enough money, they can make whatever they want at this point. So I mean, sure, but they haven't yet. And they have all that money and they haven't done much. They haven't done much to improve, like, you know, or to change up their offering um, uh, substantially in terms of in terms of that that vertical of art. So not sure what they're planning on doing with all that money. Well, I, I would argue if you look at their growth, though, I mean, they should they're they're doing what they should have been doing, which is with that much growth to focus on their core product and get that right. And then as it starts to plateau, that's, I think that's when you start looking at uh, adjacent markets and new products and things like that. Yeah, I think they're doing a good job of monetizing their existing audience and optimizing around what they what, what, what audience they're bringing in and, and they're improving that over time. But yeah, their biggest weakness is that once you turn 18, you leave, right? Like. Even no, before even, then, I don't think you. I don't yeah. think people last until eighteen. That's crazy. Yeah, that's that's the that's the number I heard. But whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh -huh. Like the point is, is at a certain age, it's over, right? Your relationship with robots. Ends. Well, no, I, it changes, right? So, like if you're if you're young, you play Roblox, and then between sixteen to early twenties, you turn into a developer. 
Right. Yeah, yeah, but, but that, that's like the 98, 2% rule, dude, right? So like 98% people consume, 2% <laughs> create, right? So that doesn't yeah. create a, a great market to make money, right? That yeah, you have, a 90, you have a 96, you have a 90, you have a really, really high churn rate, you know, between the between the two. Yeah, and also that, I mean, I think the, you have these guys make, making a ton of money, but the reality is like this pop, if you look versus Apple or Google, these guys, you know, are looking pretty, pretty, well, Apple and Google are looking pretty attractive. You know, I think you they're taking like 70%. Uh, for all these creators um, so I don't know my concern you know if I'm a creator at some point I'm looking maybe I can make something off platform that can actually generate me more revenue obviously the sophistication is like pretty low here but you know I think to me that's also a threat right all right so moving on to the next article Kenny take us away sure awesome so um, after what seemed like two years of dormancy and basically uh, almost almost fading to nothingness uh, out of nowhere, you know, this new party game Among Us by Intersloth has witnessed an incredible rocket ship growth trajectory ever since streamers started featuring the game in the past couple of months. Um, now, you know, there is a recent article about how the game is driving Discord downloads to hit a new lifetime high every day since September 5th. Uh, crazy. So, you know, why why is that? Well, voice chat actually helps tremendously with this particular game because um, players need to figure out who's the suspicious imposter or sus imposter uh, trying to sabotage the spaceship that they're all basically focused on working on with menial tasks. Um, the downloads for both the game and Discord were particularly high in the U.S. with 20 uh, percent, uh, sorry, 18.8 percent of all Among Us downloads and 21.5% of all Discord downloads coming from that uh, area since August 1st. So Discord's daily downloads worldwide also reached around 800,000 as of September 27th, while Among Us has been downloaded 74 million times globally as of August 1st. Um, and so for me, I find this piece of news really interesting for several reasons. Uh, first, you know, I find my experience playing with friends to be extremely different from playing with strangers um, personally, for me, the game is orders of magnitude more fun playing with friends than with than with randos. Um, and so th because of that, you know, voice chat definitely helps with basically, you know, playing playing with friends more. But it also actually has found uh, I found it to be helpful in terms of playing with randos because it adds a bit sense of more familiarity, um, a voice to basically just a, a username. So um, um, it has been pretty interesting on that respect. And there's been lots of debate as to whether or not this game is actually reaching a new audience of gamers or if it's just catering to existing gamers. And I think this data point shows that it is finding some blue ocean success, the fact that it's driving more um, uh, installs on, on Discord than, than have ever been done before. What the, can you just explain? Can you explain exactly what this game is? Just, just yeah. to be clear, because I haven't really looked at it yet. So have you ever played Mafia or uh, Werewolf where you basically go heads down and you put your thumb and, and then you and then you, they say uh, villagers go to sleep, Mafia wake up, and then Mafia pick who you want to kill, uh, cop uh, go, to, go to sleep, cop wake up, pick who you want to kill. And then you basically have like a Salem witch trial where, you're, where you accuse, accuse each other and say like, I heard Eric, you know, fumble into his pocket when he said like, you know, Mafia, Mafia wake up and something like that. Have you ever experienced a game like this before? No, I have not. And that explanation did not help at all. <laughs> so, just saying. I was like, 
Yeah, Eric, <laughs> a, lot, right. that was a more long cryptic. time ago. <laughs> All right, basically, it's a social manipulation game. So um, what happens is that you basically go into a uh, a lobby where with, I think, like 10 to 12 other strangers, um, and, and one of them, and you're all in a spaceship together. And among you or among us, you know, there's basically one to two imposters. And so you have to figure out uh, while you're on the spaceship, you have to do a whole bunch of like menial kind of like mini game tasks. Like, and I mean like five second tasks where basically it's like a pop-up on your whole screen. So you can't see what's going on. And as you're doing these menial tasks, the, the imposters uh, or like, you know, um, alien uh, suspected aliens walk around and they basically backstab you and kill you and so it's like this kind of like uh you know a more immersive version of a social manipulation game because um there's this balance of like having your screen filled with these tasks versus like watching out for what other people are doing um as the imposter and potentially killing other people yeah, yeah and, my kids have been playing pavlov i don't know it's a vr game kind of the similar ideas which one guy is like i don't know a uh I'm an idiot. Okay, what is it called? One guy's a terrorist or something, and you have to you can shoot them, and you have to ask them questions. And people were acting suspicious. Seems like a very similar idea, but just less less killing. <laughs> Maybe I should get my kids playing that game instead yeah, of Pavlov. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting that this single game like is able to boost. I mean, I think that COVID boosted Discord. You know equally to just this one game uh i don't know that's a bit baffling to me but i guess the scale of this is is that meaningful um to really do that that's kind of a process that makes me think discord should maybe collaborate with more you know more content directly to try and use that to juice their sort of audience okay moving on to cyberpunk all right cyberpunk 2077 uh Orders six day wait six day weeks ahead of head ahead of launch. Basically, they're going into crunch and they are coming in hot and they're squashing bugs. And I don't think this is so normal. Like it wouldn't even be a story except that uh, Winsky, you know, the head of the studio, kind of opened his big fat mouth a few months ago or six months ago and says there's no obligatory crunch policy, meaning that he can't ask employees to work overtime unless they don't want to, right? So he said this specifically in an interview like four times, okay? Four times he said this, right? And, uh, and then, of course, when the push comes to shove, what does he do? He has mandatory overtime for all his people. So Anyway, I, I think the, the hypocrisy of this is just insane, right? And I, I, the guy is a really nice guy. He seems like a really nice guy. But you have to put this in context, right? Because this was during that time in which Rockstar and Bioware were the freaking boogeymen and that they were like destroying their, 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 their developers and their workers. So Iwinski get out there in his high horse and said, we don't do that at CD Projekt. That is not what we do, right? Like pounding the table and going against you know this narrative about crunch time in the industry, and it, so that part of it is kind of gross, right? But again, he mea culpa quickly apologized profusely. I've heard very very good things about him. Like he's evidently a really nice guy, and I've actually heard a lot of great things about the developer in particular. Is that actually working there is amazing. Like they have a they have a really good cu culture. So I think he just got caught talking out of his ass and 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 saying things that he could not. He should not have been saying and that the PR people should have got 
kind of got him under control. But nonetheless, um, you know, they're doing what they need to do in order to get this game out. And it looks like it's going to be a buggy mess on consoles, kind of my prediction anyway. And on a side note, I've been covering the Cyberpunk game for a while, and I've always been very skeptical of its ability to actually do as well as people think it can do. So there are people out there that think this thing can do 100 million units. I mean, they're just out of their freaking mind. Like a week ago, one of the analysts on Wall Street basically said, oh, this is going to be a 100 million unit seller, right? Which is just complete nonsense, right? So uh, I think there was some uh, analysts that basically came out there and said that it wasn't tracking. It was tracking well below Red Dead Redemption, which would put it in the, uh, you know, like 20 million camp or something. But I think it ends up doing 15 to 20 this fiscal and it's going to be a disaster, right? For from a, from the perspective of it's it's a huge success at fifteen to twenty million. It's just from the perspective of what people expected. It's just it's not going to even get close. Um, so we'll see. the The only thing that gets me concerned about that is that there's so much demand out there for video games right now. It is an insane market where everything is doing well. You know, like Madden is up, even though it's like a sixty-seven Metacritic. NBA Two K is up, even though viewership of of uh, of basketball is in the toilet, you know, and FIFA is likely going to be up and, you know, like it is a nutty market right now. Um, and, and there's lots of demand, lots of interest in what's going on. These next gen consoles are selling off the shelves. Like you won't be able to find it this holiday. So anyway, people are I think, desperate, uh, Eric, we're desperate. We're, we're desperate, desperate for content, for right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No more movies. Right. It's yeah. I mean, it's all about entertainment time i'm sure it looks like all the movie theaters are going out of business so that's really good to do for long term of video this, games right this is the game that won game of the year even though it wasn't even out yet right yeah right yeah. Yeah, games con yeah it's stupid yeah. now look the game is amazing so my prediction actually the game is beautiful and amazing but it's not going to be a great game in terms of gameplay like shooting and, and driving and the quest design system which they did really well in uh um the witcher doesn't seem like they've been able to replicate that in the uh, cyberpunk world, but the world is absolutely gorgeous. So we shall see. Yeah. It did seem like when I read that Kotaku article, it, it, I think they wrote it in such a way that it didn't seem so bad. But now that you've kind of explained the context, Eric, it does seem pretty hypocritical. But you know, I, I would say the biggest problem I have for a lot of companies that that kind of mandate crunch is that usually like the leadership and the guys at the top get all the rewards, right? And then the, the operating level people don't get much, but at least CD Projekt is setting aside a profit share for the teams. So at least that's good. But yeah, it, um, I, I'd say they, they probably did a good job of like managing the press releases <laughs> for what happened. Well, the other thing is that this thing has been delayed like three times, right? So there's, there's no doubt they've had crunch like, not maybe not ob obligatory crunch, but like, you know, people have people have been doing crunch for multiple times during this development because it has not been a smooth ride. Right. Yeah. So, but it's just when they, when they basically force them to do crunch, that's when that's, that's the hypocritical part of it. But, um, anyway. All right, Josh. I'm excited. I'm, 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 I'm going to play this game finally. Like I, 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 I I'm going to play this one. I am buying it day one for PC. Just, just, I like the non-mandatory crunch. That's like when we all got unlimited vacation, right? From all the different companies. <laughs> but okay, can I just say one thing about this? Is that this is game development, right? Like everybody does crunch, right? It, it, it is an honor 
to work on video games, right? Like everybody wants to work on video games. Like it's so much more fun than working on enterprise software or backend server technology or I don't know, building a widget, right? You know, like, so it's like, so yeah, so we have deadlines. So you have crunch time. I, I don't know. I, I hear these people talk about it. It, it and I think if you're I, getting I hear you caught- too. I, I hear I hear I, I agree with you completely in the sense that like and I'm coming at it from a different angle in the sense that if it, it's not crunch to me it's more like passion it's a passion project right and if you don't have if you don't crunch then like there's enough there's basically other people in the world who are willing to crunch right in China there's a saying called um, 996 which means that uh, and also 937 and so what that means is normally they work nine to nine six days a week but when it's crunch time, they work nine to three, seven days a week. Um, and so um, I, I guess my point here is just that like, that because of globalization, anybody can drive, anybody can basically make a game now because of the tools and technology that's available. And so if you're not crunching, somebody else will and take your lunch. Wow. Was that, was that like literally because you're introducing the next story? That was an amazing <laughs> transition, dude. I, I'm impressed. Although I'm going to fuck it up because I'm going to start talking about other shit. But like <laughs> at the end of the day, that was a good transition, even though you didn't mean to do it. But at the end of the day, I totally agree with what Joseph said. Like, you have to be compensated for it. If you're just doing crunch and not getting any compensation, that's fucking bullshit, right? 100%. Totally agree with that. But, like, that's this. Yeah, I'm on board with that business. too, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the nature of this business. And, and, and I think, I don't know. I don't, I'm not so, it's not so evil. So, also, like, now I'm talking totally out of my ass. I've heard, like, in Korea, for instance, like, if you don't go out with, the, with your boss, like, drinking till midnight, two in the morning, getting wasted, like, you're not going to move up the ladder, right? Like, you have to make sacrifices for your career, right? We're not a bunch of snowflakes, man. Like, let's just, everyone's working for, I work, like, 120-hour weeks sometimes over when I was investment banking. Like, suck it up. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> so back to your transition. So now that... You know, yeah, China, they can work as hard as they want. And now we have the first AAA game being released out of China, cross-platform, cross-everything, free-to-play. Free to play. All, the, free all to the play. systems, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chemi- physics systems, chemistry systems, all these systems, you know, it's uh, it's really incredible. Who want- Take it away, Eric. Take it away. I think oh, Josh, Josh is up. Oh, Josh, yeah, I'm up, but I'm sorry. definitely not, not talking about anything related to this. <laughs> to that transition uh anyway so yeah i'm gonna run through some stuff around the sort of app store mobile wait a minute games. wait hold on stop 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 oh the genshin impact that's yeah, uh, that's something you're you... gonna do later no Cut that's out. that's like maybe ne- next week man that's, <laughs> oh, i think oops. that's that got bumped for next week yeah okay yeah. Well, let, me, let, let me let me explain then sorry i fucked up i thought you were gonna talk about that right now that's what happens when you don't put notes in dude i don't know what the fuck's going on dude i'm just talking <laughs> Right. sorry that's (laughs) okay so so i blew it i thought we were talking about genshin we're gonna talk about that next week so i'm gonna i'm gonna let josh take over and start talking about idfa and advertising again and i'm gonna go throw up a little bit yeah i'm gonna (laughs) make sure to to use idfa as many times as possible in the next uh five minutes uh no so i'm talking about app store antitrust i'm positioning as rebellion some updates around that Kind of bunched them all together. So uh, you know, Apple Epic, uh, I think, you know, sort of an anticlimactic update in that uh, the sort of next milestone, at least formal milestone, is not going to be till next summer, uh, which is when this sort of showdown theoretically will happen. Um, so uh, I think after all the flurry of activity, it's a little bit anticlimactic to now just be sitting around waiting. And I think 
the one thing that was interesting in the article is the uh, the judge su- suggested to, to Epic that they could, you know, go back in the store and put their earnings in, in escrow uh, so that if they were successful, the outcome of the lawsuit, they could get their money back. And they, you know, of course, opted out of that. So I don't know if you're looking at, you know, summer next year for this, you know, that's a giving up, you know, quarter billion dollars potentially in revenue, right? If you're looking at a million dollars a day, uh, lost, lost revenue from iOS. So they're definitely falling on their sword on this one. Um, but looks like they're going to see the course. Uh, so ne- next Microsoft duel with Apple, uh, around their sort of streaming platform. Um, they released a new app that allows you to stream your games from your console. Um, that is just your library. So it seems like they basically give it up on, uh, the ability to offer the full streaming experience on iOS. So I don't know if you guys talked about it before, but basically Apple changed the rules. So they said, yeah, you can offer your streaming service. You just have to put every single game on the service in the, in the app store. Um, and you just have to go and download those games through the app store, which, you know, doesn't make any sense, right? It's kind of like offering a non, uh, a non option. Um, so it seems like that's unfortunately kind of dead from the Microsoft uh, service side. Uh, and then on the Google side, basically, um, their recent announcement was they're going to start enforcing, you know, obviously their 30% more aggressively or for folks who maybe had skirted around it. So some of the outcomes of that is, uh, you know, the folks in India risen up against them. There's like a coalition of like 150 companies that are basically pushing back against this. Um, and it's interesting to see that like they're, uh, Google's kind of, you know, uh, you know, maybe giving in a bit here. They're giving them an extra, I don't know, what is it, like six to nine months. I mean, we're talking like April, April we're talking 2021, a year from now anyway. Now they have till April 2022 to make these changes. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't know. It's interesting to see. I think Google is doing a bit more to try and sort of placate uh, the market, especially in a high growth market like India. Um, you know, they want to make sure developers are on board with this. Um, I guess they control, um, you know, 99% of the Android ecosystem there. So it's really important to have those folks on board. Uh, and then also they announced that they're going to make third-party Android stores more accessible with an Android, the next version of Android. So the ability to you basically install your, a, a different Android store, uh, than Google play on your device. But frankly, I think this is again, more of like a PR sort of stuff. So I don't know, my sense is Google's trying to do a bunch of stuff to try and placate folks um, to stay. So they're basically preempting any action that's taken by the government. But it seems like like it's basically just, uh, uh, it's not anything that actually will have any meaningful impact Mm. from the business perspective. But from a messaging perspective, it's, you know, hey, we're being open, we're allowing these things or like, hey, developers in India, you know, we'll, let's talk more, we'll give you more time um so i don't know it's interesting the different positions but uh, but, isn't, but isn't this exactly what epic wants they want to be able to just put their store on on their platform and and, and avoid the 30 percent fee yeah so i guess it's not clear technically what google is going to do to allow this ability to install another store but i think like even with i think my perspective was users aren't going to do it anyway um it's too complicated no one wants to, you know, why would, what's the incentive for users to, to install another store? I mean, maybe if there's exclusive games or something, but right. 
uh, you know, from their perspective, it's, you know, it's too many extra steps, that kind of stuff. But from sort of a PR perspective for Google, they can be like, oh, well, we offer this and that, you know, you have the ability to do this, you know, to the regulatory regulators who are less sophisticated. Um, so hopefully it'll placate some of that stuff. So I don't know, just some updates there. I think you're interesting. I'm sure there'll be more stuff over time, especially as the sort of vice tightens on these guys, especially from a public perception perspective. Yeah, I, it'll be really interesting on, on a political level to see what happens um, if Biden wins um, with all this stuff. Does it like kind of just disappear and go away, you know, like, or are they just going to keep coming after them to break up um, the big, the big giants and, and go well, after them? I mean, I think it's interesting because this is, you know, it's, it's now it's like all these different countries are getting attacked, right? This isn't like, a, I mean, obviously there's certain markets that are quite large, but yeah, right, right, right. It's like, China, I didn't put it in here, but like China's like, oh, we're going to investigate Google for like, you know, uh, something like antitrust stuff or something. You know, it's just like everyone's coming at these guys from different directions. Uh, so, so yeah, I, yeah, you're, you're right. Actually, actually, my statement's kind of stupid because it's more, it's, yeah, more about a global effort, kind of similar to what happened to Microsoft during the Explorer days where Europe just said, fuck this, you know, you were done with this nonsense, right? And they just, the hammer down right yeah um and and that would create a lot of issue for microsoft it kind of feels the same way it's just even more international because uh google and apple impact more international companies than microsoft ever did really so huh it will be interesting i will have to have a mia culpa here i stopped using that piece of shit android phone I, I, the android the android phone wasn't that bad it wasn't that bad right I, I i can't blame the pixel i blame the fact that i'm an old man and i know how to use the apple device and all my life was centered around the apple device so i fucking took that little fucking piece of shit thing out and put the sim card in to my my old 11a you know like well 11 pro a which is like literally the best phone in the world right and uh, I am back on Apple, and I even put on my Apple Watch. I am a, just a big sellout hypocrite. You hyped that up. I remember that I know. episode. You're hyping I know. it I'm up. A, I'm just as bad as the CG Project guy, right? I'm just talking all <laughs> kinds of shit, but I can't put my money where my mouth is. Or I put my money where my mouth is, but I can't actually use the fucking device because it's causing too much pain and problems for me because I'm a princess. And uh, anyway, I'm back on Apple. Yeah. And I'm going to probably buy a new phone. I'm going to buy the 12 for sure. Oh. I'm sorry, Sweeney. I'm sorry. I'm still part of Tim Sweeney's Team Sweeney, <laughs> dude. But I, I couldn't do it anymore. It was it drive me insane. Anyway, is your old is your old device still have Fortnite on it? Maybe right. You can still play it. Oh, you're right. I bet it does. <laughs> I think it's worth a lot of money, right? You can sell it for like ten grand, five grand, or something. Oh no, it's off. I had, oh. my son had it on here. Oh, oh well, whatever. All sorry right. tim sorry tim sorry tim i i feel really shitty right now but i'll get over it all right anything else i think that's it who's back is uh are we gonna see some people back next week i guess adam is gone adam's off next week but mishka will be on next week he's doing he's going to some bougie cottage right that's what he said like he's going on vacation to some like lake <laughs> lake resort mr bouge over there good for him where though where where's where he going do you know I'm not telling him. I'm not telling you. No, I don't know. <laughs> um, and Mishka? He'll be back next week. All right, cool. All right, it's good to have you guys on. Mr. Burns, cool. Kenneth. Right.
Thank you very right. much, sir. It was a pleasure. All right, that's it. Catch y'all later. Bye. <laughs>